Welcome to Destiny Revival Ministries Sermon of the Week. Thank you for joining us. You can stay up to date through our social media or give from the link in the details. We hope this message blesses you. Hallelujah. Come on, somebody. What a great, what a great time to be alive. Look at your neighbor and say, what a great time to be alive. You know, I'd like to start off by saying this. The prophets of old actually wanted to be alive in our time. And I don't want to start off by bringing correction to a song or lyrics, but I just would rather the emphasis that I would like to place is on what we have available to us as new covenant believers. And that is this, we've heard the song that these are the days of Elijah, very catchy, beautiful song, and and, and it's wonderful, but scripturally incorrect because these are not the days of Elijah. These are greater days than the days of Elijah. Elijah wanted to be alive in our time. The prophets of old wanted to be alive in our time. Uh, Remember, uh, these are definitely not the days of Elijah just by virtue of he was a prophet and the Holy Spirit only rested upon him. We have, the, we have the full measure of the Holy Spirit resident on the inside of us. Not only do we have the anointing like Elijah, but we also have, we're all prophets, priests and kings in this glorious new covenant. That's something to say amen about this morning, amen. And so we're living in the greatest time in the history of the church. And more in particular, we are living in the greatest time in the history of the United States of America. America is facing challenges that America has never faced in its history. Of course, there's been different challenges that have been confronted. Of course, praise God for 1776, amen? And so there were many, many who gave their lives so that we could be free. Are you with me? We sit here in comfort because of those who gave their lives for our freedom. And to, to be on the other side of it, you know, we think we live, we live in a modern day society where, you know, we don't see as much of the gunning down and swords, uh, fought in battles with swords and shields. And, you know, the early, uh, when guns first started to come out and they were shooting, um, you know, wars, wars are fought. Not that we do not have nuclear power on the face of the earth right now. Of course, nuclear power is there right now at any given time, just at one touch of one single button, things can be obliterated. Are you with me? And so, uh, you know, we don't even want to go down that road. The point of the matter is, is that the wars are being fought, not just at mod- uh, in, in old warfare fashion, war- war- warfare style, but in, in, in technology. In, in, it's the day of information. Data is becoming, there's, there, the wars are being fought just on, 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 on privacy, are you with me? On who gets to control the data. That is where the new power is coming from. It's not just at, as how strong you are in weaponry. Of course, that's a big part of it. Are you with me? But we're living in a time that has not existed even for other people in generations gone by. We have, we have a new set of ways. And so in order to navigate the future, it's going to take being closer to God than we ever have been before. 
I've just got, I've got news for you this morning. And this is what I'm saying. When we walk out of this door here, it's, we're not coming out of here with, with, with gloom and, and doom and fear, but faith in a God who is able to carry us through any storm. Faith in the God who just like He was with the children of Israel in the desert, so shall He also be with us. In fact, so is He with us currently. Our comforts and our comfort zones have been shaken in the last three years. I don't know about you, but I know my, our comfort zone, my comfort zone, you know, the, the America that I live in today, that I'm proud to be an American. I became a citizen, I believe it was in 2009, 2010. And, and um, you know, I remember everybody lining up uh, uh, as, an, as an immigrant coming to this nation, being naturalised as a citizen of the United States of America. I remember lining up and every, you know, there were certificates being handed out and people were there in the audience, family members clapping for each of their, one, their loved ones becoming a United States citizen. And I thought, well, you know, these people are just really not enthusiastic enough. So when it came to my turn and my name was called out, I went, God bless us. America! I actually shouted really loud and I got a really good applause for that. But the point of the matter is, is that I celebrated becoming an American citizen. And the moment that happened, you know, I became one who is an adherent to the Constitution, the one document that no other nation on the face of the earth possesses. That's why we have the ability to fight the way that we fight. Because the Constitution has made room and provision for us to do that. Are you with me? And so anyway, look, I don't wanna get too much into that right now, although we'll touch on that in just a few moments. The point of the matter is, is that in order to navigate forward, as much as our comforts have been taken away, I also am fully aware of the fact that we are just on the cusp of coming out of a global um, um, um Uh, what do you call it? I'm trying to even find a global dilemma. Of course, we call it the pandemic. We're on, you know, it's just like kind of, we've come out of, we're on the tail end of it. and, 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 And people have already started to go back to the exact same way of their comforts just before it started. And I'm addressing the church first. Forget about the world. The world doesn't know better. The world's doing what the world does. I'm talking to the church today. The church must wake up. And I'm not being and breathing the voice of condemnation to this church because so help us God, Lord, help us to continue to preach the truth without any compromise at every voice that comes behind this pulpit, whether it's a voice raised up right in this house, the voices right in this house or the voices that get brought in. Father, that we will have a voice without any compromise, that we will preach the truth because I'm telling you right now, the day is coming where the carpet is going to be ripped from under our feet all over again. And if you didn't make it through the first round, you will never make it through the second round. The next time round is going to be far worse than the first time round. 
I'm not here to preach fear into you. I am here to tell you that God warns us about things in advance, but He also gives us the faith to be prepared so that we can go into the storm knowing that He is by our side and that He will never leave us nor forsake us. He will be the cloud by day. He will be the pillar of fire at night. He will be the coin in the fish's mouth. He will multiply your bread and your fish. He will multi. will bring in supernaturally what needs to be brought in for you. And that is the God that we need to be contending for, the God of the supernatural, a God of the supernatural and the word supernatural being the emphasis that is being diluted and being taken right out of the church by and large in the body of Christ today. By the way, I just want to go ahead and make a statement. One of the greatest constitutionalist attorneys um, who has now been onboarded in Tampa, uh, I believe at the River Church with Dr. Rodney Howard Brown, who's now a staffer there. Um, with, I'm not going to go into the technicalities. I'll just throw it out here. It doesn't matter if it's true, but from what I understand, it is the case. Technically, Independence Day should have been today on the 2nd of July. So we're actually celebrating Independence Day on Independence Day. Hallelujah. I don't get legalistic. Well, it's on the 4th. It doesn't matter. Okay, I'm just saying. This comes from one of the greatest constitutionists, one fighting for the constitution of this nation at every given breath that she has. Fighting to help churches stay open fighting against the freedoms that we have in that constitution. The one thread that keeps us in the freedom and condition we are as a nation. Are you with me? I wanna go ahead and read something here. Then if you can open up your Bibles in the meantime to the book of Matthew chapter number 24. I wanna read from verse one when I get there, but just have it open. Now you can tell this is not my style of writing. I wanna read something and then we'll move forward. Hot dog sizzling on the grill. That's, you know, that's not me writing. <laughs> Cause it would be something like a, you know, uh, what's it? Uh, ribeyes sizzling on the grill instead of hot dogs. Flags waving in the breeze, fireworks lighting up the night sky. This week, homes all across the United States will be immersed in the sights, sounds, and smells of the red, white, and blue. On July 4th, 1776, the United States declared their independence from the British Empire and adopted the Declaration of Independence. And the celebration of our independence was, has evolved in today, today's festivities. But because liberty is an ideal every person desires this celebration week is not reserved only for Americans. We can all celebrate freedom. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17. Now the Lord is that spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And if you are saved, the spirit of liberty, the Holy Spirit lives in you. When you get born again is when you get changed on the inside. But when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and begins to release His life through you. This life is about the new life you received at salvation. The Holy Spirit helps us release it. Your 
Independence Day was the day you were born again and set free. Romans 8 verse 2, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, has made you free, has made us free from the law of sin and death. And you have been empowered to live independently of sin and death and to share that freedom with others. Amen. Every Christian is a walking land of liberty. With your independence comes a newly found authority. And when Jesus won the war over your heart, you received rights and privileges, praise God. You now have God-given authority to release the spirit of liberty everywhere you go. According to Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, every place that the sole of your feet shall tread has He given to you. Every place that the soles of your feet shall tread has He given to you. Come on. The truth is, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you now have the same power that's in heaven living on the inside of you. And if you will believe and receive, you can release the same supernatural power. This power has not been delegated to the wonderful, good-looking humans on this earth, of which I believe I'm firmly one of them. I'm joking. (laughs) You know, grass grows. You know, uh, what is the expression? It's like, you know, God created a few perfect heads and then to everybody else, He gave hair. Hallelujah. All right. And uh, anyway, no, I'm just joking. Grass doesn't grow in a busy street. That's all I'm saying. But anyway, but the Holy Spirit isn't just given to one because God favours one above the other. The Spirit of the Lord is equally available in you as it is available to me. The Holy Spirit in me that functions through me is the same Holy Spirit in you that functions through you and 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 you. Somebody say, and me. And the only difference is one might be tapping into greater realms of what's on the inside is the revelation and the amount of doubt and unbelief that has come out of your heart and mind as you begin to renew this mind to the truth about what's already available on the inside of you. That's the only difference. Amen. He has given everybody the same anointing or the same unction to function. Come on. And our job in in the church world is not to, um, uh, you know, come on, just to to baby you. And and of course, part of shepherding is we love you. My job isn't to change you. I cannot change you. I've got good, somebody said, what did you just say? What do you mean? But you're a pastor, you're supposed to. No, I'm not called to change you. I'm called to love you. I would be in a mental asylum if I tried to change everybody. I'm trying to deal with myself first. Are you with me? Just lock me up and I'd be like, ministry, 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 ministry. Think of, I mean, ministry will make you nuts. 
But if ministry is making you nuts, then maybe you're trying to do so much in your own strength and God says, just give yourself a break. Stop thinking of yourself. Stop giving yourself so much credit that you're putting so much pressure on you because He's saying that pressure doesn't belong to you. That's mine. That's my responsibility. That's the responsibility of the Holy Spirit. That's the responsibility of His power. My job is to love you, but my job is to preach the truth and then let Him do the changing. I've just got to carry on preaching. Hopefully, over months and months and months, by the grace of God, the light bulb finally comes on. Are you with me? But God, I mean, is it? You can take a horse to the water, but you can't make a drink. It's the same thing. So I'm not getting, I'm not like breaking out in anxiety and stress because the horse doesn't want to drink. Are you with me? I can't help it if the horse doesn't want to drink. I've got fresh water here. We're full of them. We're oxygenating it. We're doing everything. We're adding flavour to it. We're doing everything we can. Red, white, blue. We're doing everything. Come to the water. Drink. Have a drink. Have another drink. A drink as much as you want. Get drunk, in fact. Uh, somebody said, you can't say get drunk in church. I can. It says in the Bible, in the book of Acts, on the day of Pentecost, when Peter got up and he said, these are not drunk as you suppose. Why did he have to tell them these are not drunk as you suppose? Evidently, they must have looked drunk. They were acting besides themselves. Amen? The Bible says, don't be filled. Uh, do, not, uh, uh, do not be, uh, uh, what is it, in Ephesians, it says, um, uh, do not... Uh, <laughs> Do not be drunk with wine, uh, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Amen. So don't have that wine, have His wine. Yes. Somebody say new wine. new wine. So you can drink the new wine of the Spirit of God, amen? amen. Anyway, I don't know why I'm going there right now. But I say this to say that we are on the precipice, not us, somebody say not us. I'm just saying on a global calendar, as far as the church age is concerned, we're on the precipice where leaders from major denominations, and I don't have to get into details right now, are attendees of the WEF. What in the what in the what in the what are big major church leaders from any denomination attending anything to do with the WEF. For those of you that wanna know what that is, it's the World Economic Forum, which is led by globalists with a globalist agenda. And some of the things that they're targeting, which one of three things is coming against the blessing of the Lord putting a heavy attack on the blessing of the Lord, number one. Because if the enemy can affect you, affect, infect you and affect your means, then he also has the ability to affect how productive you can be. Right. Amen? Amen? Now let's just, come on, let's just stop being so uh, um, uh, puny-minded, small-minded or so narrow-minded we can look through a keyhole with both eyes. We, we need to no longer be in that place anymore. 
How many of you realise that when you have more financial means, you can do more? Wow. Isn't that, that's an amazing thing, isn't it? But we want to fight that. Well, don't talk about that blessing stuff in church now. Okay, stay poor then. No, 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 no. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. We've got, that's a religious mindset. That's a religious construct. Who died and left the revelation that it's a blessing to be poor with the church? I don't know where it came from. It's not in the Bible. What I do know is in the Bible is don't let money have your heart. It's the love of money that is the root of evil. Money itself. I have never in all the years of preaching the Gospel given an altar call, every head bowed, every eye closed around this building. If you've never made Jesus your personal Lord and Saviour, I'm gonna give you the opportunity in just a few short moments to respond. And if you wanna make Jesus your Saviour, I'm gonna have you put your hand up on a count to three, on the count of three, while nobody's looking around, every head head's bowed, every eyes closed. Raise your hands up all over this building for those of you who wanna Respond. Maybe you you don't know where you're gonna die. If you're to die, where you're gonna spend eternity? God wants to give you the assurance of your salvation. Maybe you're backslidden and grown cold. If you fall into any one of those categories, I'm gonna have you put your hand up in just a few short moments. I've never, in all the years of all of my preaching, ever seen somebody all of a sudden in in one of the rows convulsing, and I'm like, oh my goodness, what's going on? And his wallet came out of his pocket. A hundred dollar bill came out, running to the front and saying, "Please, I need to surrender to Jesus." Why? Because the $100 bill never committed one single sin. The $100 bill can purchase things that are sinful, but the money never committed sin. Are you with me? We have a window of opportunity in America whose beacon is still light and freedom and is still shining. And there is an all out war on, the ind- on our independence and the freedom that, were, that was bought in the blood of other people so that we can enjoy it today. That beacon still burns brightly and I cannot, I'm not here to tell you it's gonna be burning forever because there is a war against it, a war from within this own nation by a people whose ideology is more messed up than don't even know whether they're a man or a girl. They, I mean, come on, they don't even know whether they're Arthur or Martha. Are you with me? <laughs> Go into the toilet as George come out as Geraldine. <laughs> and what's even more insane is the other people that say, oh no, they're right. No, that's Geraldine. Come on now. We are officially, like I can say, and, and, and I know we've used it for many years. My parents were saying it from when I was young, good is evil and evil is good. And I thought, what are you talking about? And of course, of course, there was a certain level of truth, but I'm telling you, the level of that truth has never been more true. Good is, evil is good and good is evil. Number one, so come against, come against uh, the blessing and the favour of the Lord and then come against healing signs and wonders. Wow. 
This is discussed at the World Economic Forum. By heads of denominations. So if you want to go against healing and miracles, you're going after the supernatural. They don't want you being able to trust in the Lord for your healing. They don't want the church believer because they you don't why because you're not going to need to go line up for their their vaccine that'll kill you. I'm sorry. I'm just saying it how it is. I'm just going to say, I'm not saying yay, nay about any of the medical stuff because I'm not a medical professional and I'm not claiming to be one. But I'm just going to say every other vaccine that's ever been put out, which has produced a certain amount of harm upon people and that's recorded, medically recorded. And, and, uh, but, but the amount of time that they give to a vaccine before it is ever released, there's been nothing in history at this warp speed Operation Warp Speed. Are you with me? So we need to believe in a supernatural God. Because what happens when the next thing comes out and there's no vaccine and whatever this thing does is far more lethal than what COVID could do. You better have your faith in God. And that's not to put fear in you. I'm not, this is not, I'm just saying church, wake up. There's no fear here. I'm putting emphasis on a God who is able to sustain you. While at the same time preparing you to let you know there's something coming around the corner and do not be duped to think it otherwise. There are people in this world that are wicked that want the extinction of humanity. And this is no longer in the land of conspiracy theory, by the way. They come out and they're blatant about it. They have an agenda. They want to wipe off nearly the whole of the earth's population. How do you think they're going to do it? Come on, think about it. Wake up. It helps when it comes from somebody that looks a little bit normal. You know, just saying. I don't sit here every weekend, every weekend, weekend coming in with, a, you know, plausible conspiracy. Amen. The third thing that they want to come against discussed in the World Economic Forum, like true story. Coming against speaking in tongues. Say what? <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I'm serious. As God made little apples, I'm serious. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know this. Like, I, in, in the last five years, I can tell you, I visit a lot of churches' websites and I will usually always go to their statement of faith. And you will find nothing from churches that are supposedly spirit-filled, born-again tongue-speaking believers that that little, that little phrase is nowhere to be found. 
because they're hiding away from anything that has to do with the supernatural power of God. And the church has become nothing but lukewarm. And we, I tell you what, I want nothing to do with a church that cannot even be upfront about what they believe in. I'm sorry, wake up church, wake up. Where are you? What are you fellowshipping with? Where are you going to church? I know that might sound harsh, but really it's not. You need to be, you need to be somewhere where you know what you believe because when the, when the tidal wave comes and you're not, you haven't been rooted in the Word of God, you are gonna be swayed with the rest of them. That's right, amen. Yes. Yes. Come on. <laughs> Preach it. Oh. By the rule book, we shouldn't even have what we have here as a church because, you know, by, by, by their guide, of things to do to grow a church, I've broken every one of the rules. Because we're not here to build numerically. Jesus is building His church and I trust Him to build His church, but we're gonna build the church with the truth. We're not gonna build it with a facade. Oh, wonderful, we're so glad you came to church today. God bless you. Thank you for coming. I'm not being real, I'm not being mean, I'm not being mean. Then we sit you down and then we're gonna come up and preach. Well, today I just wanna, I'm gonna go ahead and share a series and we're gonna talk about, you know, uh, what wood Noah's Ark was made out of. We're gonna be spending four weeks on that series. And uh, I know you're gonna be drastically changed by the, and, and we're gonna, and nothing, no challenging, never speaking the truth, never confronting things inside the lives of believers that will produce growth on the inside of them. And it's just a church filled with baby Christians that never mature onto the things of God. Like God forbid we ever use the word take responsibility as a kingdom child of the Most High God. You are a son and a daughter. You have been given an assignment by God. Doesn't matter what it looks like. It maybe doesn't mean you have to preach the Word. But listen, God has given you. He said, go and preach the Gospel. When you have the Holy Spirit that has come upon you, you shall receive power to be witnesses. That's not for some. That's for everybody, you shall be receive power to be witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts. Maybe your work plot is your workplace is your Samaria. Maybe your workplace is your Judea. Maybe your environment is your uttermost parts of your earth. But what are you using while you have breath in your lungs with the Holy Spirit that has filled you with power, which is being attacked today because they don't want the church operating in power. Amen. Come on. They don't want you praying in the Holy Ghost. Why should they attack tongues? What's so important to them about tongues that they should attack it? Evidently, they know something that most churches know about tongues. How many of you are okay with coming to church today? Yeah, I'm not here to preach doom and gloom. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to tell you, we need a wake up. We need to wake up as a church. We need to wake up. We need, a, we need to help sober other people up. God has called you to be a Holy Ghost sobriety. You know, come on, it says, do not be drunk with wine. 
Well, let me tell you something. You can also be, when you're drunk, you can be drunk with the affairs of this life. You can be drunk with the affairs of this world. You can be drunk and so caught up in yourself. And as a Holy Ghost minister of the Gospel, our job is to take, come on, Holy Ghost refreshing water and pour on, just sober up, sober up to the revelation of where you're really at. That's right. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to take us having a voice as kingdom people to push back against the forces of darkness. You know, all it takes is, all it takes for, for evil to prevail is for good men to do nothing. We didn't win. This, this land that we have the privilege of having liberty, it was not just, oh, a bunch of people that recognised we needed liberty. No, they put their lives on the line so that we could have freedom. And I'm telling you right now, we have got to come back to the place, listen, that, that we love not our lives unto death. Come on, listen, at the end of the day, that, that if, if somebody's gonna persecute you for the cause of the Gospel, so be it. I'm not saying, but I mean, look, in the last days, who knows what can happen? Amen, that's right. But you better not love your life unto death. You gotta be willing to lose your life. Come on, that's a good sermon for church. Are you willing to lose your life? I'm almost done here. Is this okay? You know, event 201, event, how many of you ever heard of event 201? Event 201 was a, was a scenario in which a pandemic could possibly hit the earth. This happened in 2019, where some of the world's leading health advisors and other banking advisors and every uh, sort of industrial um, uh, ranking individual, some of the highest of, of the nations of the earth got together to discuss what a pandemic would look like and play it out and then, uh, you know, deal with it as it comes. Oh, that, that event 201, that was just a scenario that they were playing out was in 2019. Huh, huh, COVID hits 2020. Mmm. Come on, put that next slide up and then go back to this one. The SPARS pandemic 2025 through 2028, go back to the next screen. That's an actual document, just like event 201. Yes. Playing another possible plausible pandemic out again. What are we gonna do? The same culprits that were in 2019's possible event are the same ones discussing another event. Come on. Um, and, and this is, uh, again, this is not so that you can fear. I'm just telling you what's out there. They, they're actually putting it out there in the open. They don't care anymore. That's what I'm saying. It used to be that we could put all of this stuff in the basket of conspiracy. They don't care about whether they know, you know, you know, they, they know you're on to them. Are you with me? 
And it's gonna take the church rising up to be the church. And let me tell you right now, I'll say it one more time with absolute clarity. We are not sitting back and watching some stupid plan that's never done anything. And let me just tell you right now, I'm gonna say it and I don't care what you think of me. Donald Trump is not the Saviour of the United States of America. Would I vote for him? Absolutely, he has my vote. I will vote for him categorically, yes, but he is not the Saviour of America. I have nothing against him, but stop making him a God. I'm the biggest supporter of Donald Trump. I lost my whole Facebook account over Donald Trump. So I'm not afraid to, to vocalise what I need to vocalise. But to sit back and say that there's some plan, all I know is that all the right, all the wrong people are being indicted and all the ones that need to be indicted, there's zero indictments. Wake up and smell the coffee. Stop believing some stupid psyop operation that is being paid for by people to keep you in a rabbit hole. Yeah, that's a fact. There's about a hundred people, about a hundred people, top, top executives for the last 30 years that have been involved with a psychological operation. Amen. Like you're privy to some major intel. Come on, do you think that if you're privy to all that intel, the people and the powers that need to know that intel don't know? Like think, wake up. Eating stupid cake. Amen. That was a nice way to put it. Amen. God gives you wisdom on how to say things sometimes. Have you heard the expression, just a teaspoon of sugar helps the medicine go down? All right. Now I'm serious. God never left, God never left, God never, nowhere in the Scripture, God never left the church to leave it up to the plan. Just trust the plan. What plan? The only plan I know is He gave us delegated in the authority to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And if you're waiting on some plan, you're gonna be run over like a semi-truck. And furthermore, just to kind of put the nail in the coffin, if President Trump is still the president of the country right now, he's doing a very terrible job. There you go. Because apparently he's still in charge. I know I'm going to get some flack for it, but I don't really care. Amen. Come on. So we've got to follow the cloud. I'm going to quickly... 
finish off here. I'm, 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 I'm coming to an end. Is this okay, everybody? Come on, I, look, I love you. I love you. There, there is nothing angry inside of me. I love you. The fire of God compels me. Amen. The power of God compels. His love for you compels me. I can't just sit there watching you run down some rabbit hole over there and just let you run down the rabbit hole. Get out of that rabbit hole. How deep do you want to go? But what you need to be concerned with, well, do there, are there a lot of people that need to be indicted and does justice need to be served? 100%. 100%. But justice is coming. God never gave you the responsibility of executing justice. That's a, that's a job for Him. You, leave, you let God be the executor of justice, please. Are you with me? That's my team putting on the music in the background saying, simmer down now, tiger. I re- no, no, don't rebuke that. <laughs> Numbers chapter 9, 5, 15 through 23. Now on the day of the tabernacle was raised up the cloud, covered the tabernacle, the tent of testimony from evening until the morning was above the tabernacle like an appearance of fire. So it was as the cloud covered it by day, the appearance of fire by night, whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle. And after that, the children of Israel would journey. I'm going fast. And in the place where the cloud settled, there the children of Israel would pitch their tents. At the command of the Lord, the children of Israel would journey. And at the command of the Lord, they would camp. And as long as the cloud stayed above the tabernacle, they were, remained and camped. And when the cloud continued to move along many days above the tabernacle, the children of Israel kept the charge of the Lord and did not journey. So it was when the cloud was above the tabernacle a few days, according to the command of the Lord, they would remain encamped. And according to the command of the Lord, they would journey. So it was when the cloud remained only from one evening till morning. Uh, when the cloud was taken up in the morning, they would journey, whether by day or night, whether the cloud was taken up, they would journey, whether it was two days, a month or a year that the cloud remained above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would remain encamped and not journey. But when it was taken up, they would journey and the command of the Lord they remained encamped and the command of the Lord, they journeyed. They kept charge of the Lord at the command of the Lord by the hand of Moses. Like, I don't know how many times it said, when the cloud moved, they moved. And when it didn't move, they stayed. And when it stayed, they stayed. And when it moved, they moved. When it moved, they moved. When it stayed, they stayed. And it said that like about five times, six times in a few short verses. And we have to follow the cloud of God. Because that's kind of like staying under the spout where the glory comes out. So that you can always have a shout. And then you can give somebody a clout. That's it, amen. Amen? That's right. A Holy Ghost clout of sobriety. All right. Come on, say, somebody say that. Follow the cloud. I know that you're glad you came to church today. Yes, 
All right, I'm finishing. Matthew 24, then Jesus went out and departed from the temple and His disciples came up to show Him the buildings of the temple. Jesus said to them, Do you not see all these things? Assuredly, I say to you, no one shall be, no, not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. Now, as He sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to Him privately saying, Tell us when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age. And Jesus answered to them and said, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in My Name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. Come on. So we know that the spirit of deception will be prevalent. Amen. And you will hear of wars and rumours of wars. Come on. See that you are not troubled. So don't allow this to trouble you. All right. So God's saying, uh, don't allow, when, when, see when these things are happening, see that you are not troubled. That's right. Amen. So don't allow fear to come. That's right. All right. This is what we're talking about. Here. We're saying all of these things. So do not be troubled. God prepares your heart so that you will not be troubled. Because to you, the Holy Spirit will say, remember I told you. And then you're going to go, ah, I will not be troubled. Oh, my soul rejoice. Amen. Come on. Amen. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Amen. All right. So these are not the end. Okay. Thank you. All right. Are we getting closer to the end? Yes. Is it the end? No. All right. It's a deep revelation. For nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines. I mean, even man-made famines, pestilences, earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning, not the end. Somebody say beginning the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Let me just tell you right now, I, I, I'm, this is where I wanna break the news to you. Does anybody hate you yet? Amen. You will be hated for my name's sake. And I mean, it all just depends on what kind of a believer you are. It's pretty radical, right? You will be hated for my name's sake. Now, I don't wake up looking to be hated. Do you understand what I mean? I don't wake up going, my God, who can I get to hate me today? But I'm not going to, I'm gonna wear the coat my father gave me, my coat of many colours. And I'm not gonna take it off for anybody to make somebody else feel comfortable. Are you with me? You've got to get over the fear of men. You've got to, and you've got to be prepared to allow men and women to hate you. Come on. They will deliver you up for tribulation. Some, I mean, like uh, you will be delivered up for tribulation, and some will, and you will, and and, and some will kill you. That's right. Amen. Are you ready to lose your life? Come on, these are conversations you need to be having with yourself and your your family and your loved ones. Are you willing to give up your life for the gospel? That's right, amen. 
because it's not far-fetched truth anymore that it's in the realm of possibility where men behave barbarically all over again. Let me just tell you right now, let me just say this. If for whatever reason, let's just say, not that it's happening. If, if tomorrow morning we woke up and there was zero food in the stores, it would take less than three days for, pa- for pandemonium to start breaking out on a global level. And this flesh, this humanity will do crazy things to survive. I'm just saying. Right? Just think about that. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just trying to say. Then many false, okay, then it says, and, and, and then many will be offended and will betray one another. Many will be offended. Let me tell you right now, let me tell you one thing that has been the culprit of getting hung is this political correctness. Take the word politics, just this correctness thing. Like you can't say anything because we've got to make sure that we steer away from God forbid somebody being offended. No, grow up. Sometimes you need to be offended in order to grow. You cannot grow until you're unable to allow something that's gonna challenge you. And and, and it shouldn't be an offence. It should be a correction in love. But we've got to grow up as children of God. Come out of offence. Come out of offence. Sometimes, sometimes, you know, the Bible says God chastises those whom He loves in the book of Hebrews. The word chastisement there isn't Him taking out a whip either. The word chastisement is uh, uh, God rears and directs and guides like a, like a parent guarding His child. In a sense, it's, it's, it's a chastisement. You're saying, no, 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 no. Don't do that. But we've got to be willing to, to, to know sometimes, right? Yeah. Amen. Okay, I'm, I'm almost done. I promise. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. I'm telling you right now, we live in a time of lawlessness. Right, we live in a time of great deception. But he who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, all right, so it said everything and it says, this is not the end. Then it says, this is the beginning, all right. It says, this is not the end. Then it says, this is only the beginning of sorrows. And then it says here in verse 14, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then, and then the end will come. And then the end will come. But I've got good news for you. That in the middle of 
chaos, in a world full of turmoil, God has got the back of His church. Amen. That's right. And nobody is going to mess with the church. Nobody is going to touch the church. Otherwise, you're going to be running off in seven different... Come on, you're going to be running off naked and and you're going to be running in seven different directions. Or, you know, come on, when, when, when King Herod was trying to come against the church, what happened? The angel of the Lord came and he was eaten up by worms. Don't And both of those examples are when you touch the church. That's right. That's not what Don't mess with the church. The radical church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God is gonna keep us in the cleft of the rock. And I wanna say this just so that you can walk out of here with a little bit of hope. Listen, you can still continue to have children. Nobody said you should stop having children. All right? That's a whole lie from the pit of hell that's been sold to keep population rates down. And I've done my part for my country, glory to God. I'm helping keep the average up. Are you with me? Pastor Gabe has done an outstanding job. I started a little bit too old. If if I was a little bit younger, I would have probably joined the ranks of Pastor Gabe and Amy. I did I had kids from my country. Hallelujah. Come on, do it for your country. <laughs> but you can still have kids. Amen. In fact, I need to find the scripture, but it actually, there's a scripture that says when they tell you to stop doing that, you know you've got some weird stuff going on. The Bible actually says, I'll find the scripture, I'll actually find it for you. When they tell you not to do all of that, you know it's weird. So you can have children. If you are a real estate tycoon in the making, bless God, buy every bit of land that you can. I mean, own the joint, own the place. I mean, take territory. Let us take, let us become, let us take over by the glory of God. Let us take dominion as kingdom people. Until He comes, we have work to do. While we have breath in our lungs, we have work to do. If you're called to be an attorney or be an attorney that has an office with other attorneys, then bless God, have the best attorney with Christian attorneys that function like Christians. Then don't drag everything out for years and try to get as much out of it as possible. Come on, you know that's true. Yes, actually, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah, because that's natural. Chiropractic. So if you want to be the best chiropractic, then take over, brother. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and He's anointed you. Amen. Maybe where you are is too, maybe they just have, maybe they're just too small. They just can't think the way you think. Are you with me? That's it. So whatever, you know, just be whatever God's called you to be. So I want to prophesy to you. We will see, super, as a church, we are going to see supernatural debt elimination. Come on, somebody. 
I'm not here to preach something to make you feel happy. I'm just trying to tell you in the midst of chaos, God is a God that thrives of, thrives off of showing how He will sustain His church. That's why the Bible says He will make you and He will, come on, He will furnish a table for you in the midst of your enemies. And that's not some table with a can of empty sardines in it. It's a table with, I mean, it is a charcuterie. It has got the best Italian cheeses. I mean, whatever food, it's a, it's a feast. It's a royal feast. In the middle of the storm, God can, come on, you can, you can have a hurricane, but you're always in the eye of the hurricane where it's calm. And you just stay in the calm of it all and the chaos is all around. Everybody's looking at you. How is it possible? Oh, you can say God and everybody will know. Only God can do it. Are you with me? Supernatural debt elimination, supernatural blessings and increase for the people of God. Supernatural favour. Come on, doors, windows, opportunity. Come on. Supernatural property being released into your hands. Supernatural property being released into the hands of the church. Supernatural buildings being given to us in the hands of the church. We will take over. We will take over. Bless God in the name of Jesus. I'm almost done. Supernatural vehicles. Supernatural transportation. Man, I feel the anointing on that supernatural transportation. Hallelujah. I prophesy the favour of God on you, young man. In Jesus' Name. I loose the favour of heaven upon you. That where others have said no, you are one who says, yes, Lord. If you will get it to me, I will, I vow. it's like I see you, I, you make a vow with the Lord. You, you vow to Him. And when you be, God begins to increase you, you will do what you said you would do. And God's gonna bring the increase to you. Because you're not gonna have one truck. You're gonna have multiple trucks. Amen. You're gonna have many trucks. Maybe there's some drivers right in this room here. They just don't know that you're going to be your drivers at some point. Come on, somebody. So I'm not saying we're not going to face challenging times, but it's going to be the time for the church to thrive in the middle of the storm. Amen. And I felt it appropriate that we come today to celebrate. We celebrate America. There's nothing ungodly about celebrating this, you know, how this nation was even begun in the first place. Are you with me? This land is your land. And we're not gonna let the devil steal it from us. Number one, you have the constitution. And because of that legal constitution, you have the backing of God Himself. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. 
Amen. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yeah, come on, share your testimony, man. I mean, this dude is amazing. Let me just tell you this. I called you a young man, but you know, you are a young man, but I love you. I honour you and I respect you as, in what you're doing. Um, so, a little bit of a background. I got into trucking about four years ago. I did my time cross-country because um, that's about the only way to get in with short-haul local. Um, it's a big sacrifice for me and my wife being away. Sometimes I do three months away from home and make sure I can get where we needed to get, get ahead. After about a year and a half, I uh, came back, got a, a local job and uh, ran really hard for him. And uh, by my mistake, pride sunk in, took pride, too much pride in what, how I, good I drove. Got complacent, flipped the truck at 75 miles an hour down I-55 in Mississippi. No seatbelt on, flew to the passenger window, scraped my back on the interstate, and I fought it. Back and forth, I was in a box truck. I didn't drive box trucks much, and they're real top heavy. But uh, yeah, I fought the truck, and uh, I knew the last time I pulled the steering wheel, there's pine trees on both sides of the interstate. And I knew if I hit the trees, I was gonna die. God kept that truck on the interstate, sliding down that interstate. Needs to say, it's about to make three years since that happened. It happened on the 15th of July. The 20th is my birthday. Everybody in the company was like, no, they ain't gonna get rid of you. They ain't gonna get rid of you. They fired me on my birthday. Within that year, I did hustling, detailing cars. We barely made it by. And my wife got pregnant. And I was like, man, how are we gonna make it, you know? Barely making it, sometimes to the dollar on rent. And uh, so, I wanted to keep on doing it. I asked my pastor at the time, you know, would it be disobedient or lack of faith if we, if I took on another job, you know, instead of trying to do my own thing? And uh, he was like, no, you're just trying to provide. You, you know, God honors that. So went working the plant, Cameron, transporting people within the plant. It was a new plant being built. Did that for seven months. Worked about 70 or more hours a week. Hated the job. Not a very good boss. And uh, within there, I became friends with this lady. And we just have really good conversation. And uh, she knew my background, what had happened. She knew that I had a class A. And when I lost the job, I tried to go back cross country. And uh, all the companies that I would try to go back with, because this is the easiest job to get in, would, would tell me no. Because they fired you of the accident, you're going to have to wait three years before you can get back in a truck. So, you know, I took on that job. Whenever I went to get it, I told them what was going on. I said, look, I got an accident. I just, this is a shot in the dark. I just feel like give it a shot. Well, they looked it up. 
looked up my name. They had to look up my credentials, driving record, stuff like that. By the grace of God, he erased it. Amen. It was gone. I couldn't believe it. Come on. And uh, so they hired me on. I did what I had to do with the people. And Come on. within that, became friends with this lady. She had a friend that worked for a company uh, doing transportation in trucks, and it was tankers. And I gave him my stuff, talked to him, and I was, like, so at ease. I was like, if it's going to happen, it's got to be God. Amen. You know, like, if it's – they might find something. Maybe it didn't show for these people. It might show for these people. I don't know. But I believed God, like, at that time, like, he wiped it clear. Amen. Well, that guy ended up a month later, hired me on, put me in the tanker division, and uh, they had a new opportunity with those people a new contract going into plants delivering what they call brine water. And uh, when they looked me up, you had to have two years, and I had, eight, I had a year and eight months. Well, they didn't find anything on my record as far as losing a job. And because I was short three months of experience, they still took me on because they needed the employee. And uh, so now I started with that guy. It made one year on my birthday. I was late. He fired me on my birthday. Yeah, and I just got the job, but I was like, you know what? Some stuff had happened, and I was just at peace. I was like, my little boy was going to be born at any day. I was like, okay, whatever. So they asked people behind us, a guy that trained me that first week, and I got out, and I went and thanked him, and I said, look, I enjoyed the time. The training that you gave, um, it was good getting to know you, but such and such fired me. And he couldn't believe it. I said, man, it's all good. Everything happens for a reason. That's right. Amen. And uh, five minutes before that, I had met this guy in the little shack at the disposal. Five minutes we talked, went back to my truck. He was standing next to the guy that trained me, and he said, well, I got a truck. You want to come drive for me? <laughs> Sure. Yeah. He's like, do you like what you do? I said, I enjoy it. I mean, I just love trucks ever since I was a little kid. I loved 18-wheelers. Love big trucks. And uh, he's like, take you a week off. It's your birthday. I'll get the truck straightened out. You come work for me. The guy paid me the same amount of money. My little boy was born the next day. Come on, Jesus. The owner of the company called, called me, offered me a company job that day. The guy that fired me called me, offered my job back that day. And I turned them both down. I stuck with the guy. For two years, I stuck with him. He's the best boss I've ever had. And Come that on. was always the dilemma. But wait, there's more. That was always a dilemma. Because we all want to be treated with respect. And, you know, that's hard to find these days. Amen. Well, about two months ago, just having a small conversation with my boss about trucks and somebody else's situation with their truck, and he was like, man, you think about getting a truck? I'm like, wait, hold up. I like trucks. I look at trucks, but I'm not trying to go nowhere. I'm not there yet financially, but I've been feeling led about it, you know, and I'd prayed here and there, not every single day about it, but just God, like, if you want me to, I know you want me to 
do ministry, but if you want me to do it, give me the financial way because I have goals and dreams that one day that my business will provide for my family and the ministry provide for ministry. And maybe my business will provide more for the ministry. But yeah. just Come that on. whole thing. And he, uh, he said, well, look, I'll sell you my truck for this price. And I was like, man, I, I thought I was going to buy a cheaper truck. I said, but if you want at least to purchase me the truck. He's like, oh, no, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. And it's like, yeah, it's fine. Oh, it's whatever. You know, I'm not going nowhere. It's, I still do the same work I do. The next Monday at work, he comes up to me and says, hey, I talked to my wife. We'll do the lease to purchase. No, no interest on top of that. Wow. Set, set amount. So, uh, and I've never met his wife. She's from overseas. He says she takes to nobody. I've never spoken a, lady, a word to this lady in my life. I've just been working for her husband for two years, and I tried to do my best, and he's always been a good boss to me. And, <clears throat> so they gave me the opportunity and right now in the oil field it's slow I lost three wells but when it, that contract that I started out with in the company going into the plants has kept me steady when everybody else's trucks are parked up and they might get two or three days of work I'm getting like four or five days of work and they called me today but I didn't answer because I knew I was coming to church <laughs> I wasn't going to worry about it God will give me five more plants this week. You know, it's not all about the money to me. It's it's about where I'm supposed to be. I know I'm supposed to be. And I'm Come glad on, I'm here man. today. But Hallelujah. Now you are, now you have a truck. I have my own truck. In nine months, it'll be paid off. And I believe it'll pick up. And then once it's paid off, then I can start using that business to build another business and another business. To help kingdom people, to be able to give people what, I, what God says to give them, to be spirit-led and just bless people that have less opportunity, that need an experience, you know? Hallelujah. Just want to be used. Come on, man. Thank you, Jesus. Love you. We're almost done here. I'm going to say one more thing after this and we'll close out. The Lord showed me this morning. Anybody knows what a seed spreader is? You walk, you know, you pour your seed in it, and you walk, and it just spreads the seed. God says we are seed spreaders. He's going to pour the seed in us. As we walk, open our mouth, and the seed spreads. All over. Come on. Everywhere. On a just... And the unjust. Spread it everywhere. Come Be a on. seed spreader. Come on, Jesus. Uh, I'm just, I'm absolutely, I, I, you know, you asked if anybody knew what a seed spreader was. and Never mind. I just looked at Pastor Gabe. <laughs> and uh, anyway, all right, moving right along. The, it's okay if we say things like that. It's all right. Um, I want to go ahead and say this. <laughs> Never adult. Now, just so that you know, guys, I, want, I just want us to kind of have this expectation. Um, we start church at 
we always aim, not that we're, we don't try to intentionally end, like some people have got the programs down to the second. If the Holy Spirit shows up outside of those seconds, they will put him back in a cage and say, sorry, are you all right? So we don't do that, all right? So the point of the matter is, we, you know, we usually try to end by 12.30, you know, because we, we are considerate. Yes, we are. Um, but then sometimes we end a little bit later, you know, and it's okay, you know. We make so much more time for everything else. And we have a problem with sitting in church for two hours. This is not a dry cleaning service. All right, in by 10, in by nine, out by 10. You know, we don't do we don't do God that way. It's, we don't do church. We don't do church on. We don't do God on our terms. We do God on His terms. And when He wants to, when we come together, we meet and we let Him speak and we let Him move. All right. I'm just giving you the rundown. What you to create to set the expectation. If you need to leave at 12:30, and we're still going, we know where you live. Do not try to get out of here. No, I'm joking. <laughs> No, 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 no. Nobody's going to condemn you. We understand. Sometimes you, like, you, you have to go. That's fine. If, if you have to do that, not a problem. If you don't, then stay. Be blessed. Amen. Amen. You know, from the time when Jesus ascended to the time Pentecost came, it was 50 days. And they started out with 500 eyewitnesses, but only 120 stayed in the upper room. So that means they lost 380 people that weren't there when the Holy Spirit showed up. I mean, I would not have liked to have been part of the 380, not to have been in the upper room when the whole place was shaken, you know? So it was those who tarried, amen? Anyway, so my last point was, I want to encourage you without condemnation on this last note. Please understand the education system for our children and even for us in the last 30 to 40 years was never ever for one moment designed for you to become an entrepreneur. The system was never designed. The system was set in place for the industrial complex. The system was put in place to produce employees. The system was put in place so that it would train you to be an employee and to think like an employee and never venture outside of the box, all right? Now, do we need employees? Absolutely, all right? So there is room for all of that. But what I am trying to say is, is that if God is calling you to greater things, I'm not saying walk out of your job, use wisdom. Stay in your job, let God speak to you. But if He's called you to be an entrepreneur and He wants you to do a business, then, then ask God for the strategy on how to launch that without walking away from something. Amen. And when this thing starts to generate almost what this thing is generating, then you can go ahead and walk away from that thing and put more of your time here. All right, does it sound like wisdom? Yes. All right, so, so the point of the matter is, is that I believe that there's some people here, God is wanting to bless you. But in order for you to grab a hold of that blessing, you gotta get out of thinking like an employee. Right. You've gotta be a business owner, all right? Amen. A, a, an employee works for a paycheck. A business owner, if you don't work, you don't get paid. Amen. It's, uh, if, it's, if it's meant to be, it's up to thee. Are you with me? That's right. So it, uh, when you're a business owner, you're in control of how much business you generate. Of course, with the help of the Holy Spirit, you can generate a lot of business. But being a business owner is not for lazy people. Amen. 
If you wanna be successful in business, then you've gotta work it. If you treat it like a business, it's gonna pay you like a business. Don't tell me you're some entrepreneur, but you never do anything. All right, the point of the matter is God wants to help you be delivered from an employee mindset, especially if there's some creativity on the inside of you. God wants to deliver you from an employee mindset. You know, a lot of people start going into business and then they go, oh, this is not for me. They prefer the comfort of being an employee, knowing what they're gonna get paid at the end of the week. But the limitations are with that is that maybe you're gonna get a little increase at the end of the year. You might have a little bit of a promotion and, and, and every job is different. I'm not knocking being an employee. I'm talking to people who want to be entrepreneurs. If you feel that there's so much more worth inside of you, then you will never get to that ceiling by being an employee only. You can still be an employee and have a side part-time gig. Are you with me? I wanna encourage you. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Somebody say that with me. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. It's laid up for the just. It's laid up for the just who go and get it. Are you with me? You've gotta go get it. You've gotta go they are, they are, come on, there are oil wells everywhere and God has given you a big old battle axe and God's saying, now you've got to take the battle axe because the oil ain't coming out. There's not going to be any pressure from the ground until you go and break the ground. All right? And that's the wrong side of the teaching of the wealth of the wicked's laid up for the just. Because I remember back in the 90s, you know, I mean, used to hear sermons, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, glory to God. We used to get together, man, glory to God. The wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Hallelujah, I'm so blessed. And I went, almost like this posture, where is it coming from? I mean, it's gonna fall in my hands anytime. And that's okay to be expectant. But the problem was, is that we never taught. Get the creative blueprints and intelligence from the anointing to go and tap into it. All right, come on, God. Some of you, there's some of you, God wants to bless you beyond your wildest dreams. And the only thing that you need to covenant, if you, if you will partner with God, the only thing you need to covenant and vow to Him is say, God, I vow to become an entrepreneur because I feel the unction in my heart. I vow to be that, but Lord, I promise. Come on, vow to God and say, God, as you bless me, I will bless your kingdom as you bless me. And then when He blesses you, blesses kingdom. And if you're faithful with the little, He'll make you ruler over much. Amen. Come on, let's give Jesus a shout of praise. All right. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. Uh, speaking of which, if you are giving, rate, make your checks. We are on live stream still, right? Okay, so if you're watching by way of live stream, go to www.destinyrevivalministries.com. Click on the Your Support button. You can give safely and securely. For those of you that wanna do it that way, you can as well. If you wanna text the word GIVE to 337-434-3777, 337-434-3777, text the word GIVE to that number, you can give safely and securely. If you are writing out checks, make them out to DRM or Destiny Revival Ministries. There's envelopes on my right, your left. Go ahead and give as the Lord leads you to give. In Jesus' Name, be blessed. Have a wonderful Sunday. God bless you. God bless the United States of America. And God bless Donald Trump. Amen. Amen.